Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. And welcome to the first podcast of the Review of Religions Women section. My name is Maruk Arif Tayyab and I'm joined today by Amtul Shakur Taiba Sahiba, who is the fortunate mother of the very fortunate Sayyid Tali Ahmed Shaheed. Sayyid Tali Ahmed Shaheed needs no introduction to members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. But for our listeners, let me explain who Sayyid Tali Ahmed was. He was a life devotee to our community who worked selflessly for MTA, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya, the international 24-hour TV network run by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Sayyid Tali Ahmed and two co-workers were ambushed by armed robbers while working on a project for MTA in Ghana. Sayyid Tali lost his life during this incident. Inna lillahi wa inna rajahun. To Allah we belong and to him shall we return. Tale was 31 years old and leaves behind a wife and two very young children. For this very special first episode, we chose to speak to his mother, Taiba Saiba, and ask her how she is coping to keep her faith firm in God during this challenging time, but also have a glimpse at the early years of Sayyid Tale Ahmed to see how we can get inspired to raise our future generation, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Taiba Saiba, and Jazakallah for joining me today. Wa alaikum salam, Maruch. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the program. So, Taiba Saiba, when we speak about martyrdom uh, and shahadat in general, that is sacrificing one, one's life for one's fate generally, and I'm talking here about people like me who grew up in the West, we think of these things happening mainly to the people of Pakistan or the subcontinent, for example. Um, I mean, it is something that, that touches us deeply, but maybe because it is geographically speaking far from us, most of us aren't able to grasp the importance of the event fully. The martyrdom of Sayyid Tali Ahmed was, however, completely different as it completely shattered this notion. He was a boy raised in the Northeast of England who uh, lived currently in London as an adult and it's almost as if his martyrdom hit home. I mean, it felt very personal to me and I'm sure to many listening to us right now. And it's very difficult to put words to it, but that's how you know, I personally felt a very young boy, almost my older brother's age, born and brought up in the West, as I said, like us facing the same challenges sorry, and struggles as us, uh, you know, how you have to grow up as, um, a Muslim in general, but an Ahmadi Muslim in the north uh, who got the immense privilege of being granted martyrdom, mashallah. May Allah accept it. So, Teba Saiba, talking about the grief uh, and being a mother myself, I cannot imagine what you have been through. Losing a child who was the delight of your eyes must be very, very difficult. As Ahmadi Muslims, we are always told that we need to rely solely on Allah Almighty's um, will and accept his decision with as much dignity and patience as we can. But um, for many listening to us right now, this ideal seems so difficult to attain sometimes. Usually when we look at similar um, incidents around us, the grief of losing a loved one can move you into a state of um, very deep depression and, and chaos. So that's why I want to ask you, how do you come to terms with the grief of losing a child and how are you coping at the moment? Um, Jazakallah for your introduction and um, may Allah Ta'ala accept uh, Tale uh, in heaven and give him uh, elevated status, uh, Amin. Um, the thing um, from my own experience is that you hear a lot about grief from those people that know about these things and uh, you hear that it's a process and that you know uh, a year is, is possibly a reasonable time to sort of expect to become for to have life to have some kind of normality and uh, I would say that I agree that although uh, for, for for us so far it's it's been about four and a half months mm -hmm. since Tale's Shahada I, I do think that we've had to go through a range of feelings and emotions and that this will continue possibly for as long as I live. Um, 
right. going through this process. What I have felt very strongly is the prayers of Hazur and the prayers of the Jamaat and prayers of sisters like yourself um, have had an immense impact on us. And I think that, um, Alhamdulillah, you know, we are doing better than I would ever have expected uh, because of those prayers. Um, the best description that I have or example that I have is of um, the Holy Prophet وسلم, himself. And this inspires me a great deal because, again, it's very, it's very relatable. And um, may Allah enable me and other members of our family to follow this guidance. Um, on the occasion of losing his son, Hazrat Ibrahim uh, we are told that the messenger of Allah came to his son, Ibrahim, may Allah be pleased with him, when he was breathing his last. And the eyes of the messenger of Allah وسلم, began shedding tears. And uh, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, may Allah be pleased with him, said, O Messenger of Allah, you too weep? And the Holy Prophet answered that, O Ibn Auf, it is mercy. And then as he wept, he said, the eyes are shedding tears and the heart is grieved. And we will not say except what pleases our Lord. O Ibrahim, indeed, we are grieved by your departure. Bukhari. So the Holy Prophet وسلم, was a mercy for mankind. And so in so many ways, he, he gave us an excellent example. And yeah. here too, he's given us this excellent example that um, when any of us loses a child, whether before, during, soon, or many years after birth of that child, um, we should try and emulate. So for me too, um, there's no doubt that my heart and soul both proclaim that, you know, oh, Tale, we are grieved by your departure and our eyes are weeping, but we shall inshallah try and be grateful to Allah and we will remember Allah's countless blessings. In this day and age, we've been given the wonderful example of Hazrat Ammajan, Hazrat Al-Anha and Hazrat Masimah al-Islam. Uh, when they, their, their, their beautiful young son, uh, Mia Mubarak, who was about eight years old, passed away. And they were also very patient and steadfast and showed gratitude to Allah. And so we have many examples or these examples in particular around us to follow and to try and follow. So yes, we are going through um, you know, the sadness, but at the same time, we can see Allah Ta'ala's help and the belief in the power of prayer and, and that is a, a huge comfort because we know and we can feel other people's prayers and our own prayers being accepted. And um, so I think that gives you a great deal of hope, even though it may seem like a very sad time. Of course, of course, yeah. But, you know, it's it makes sense for us adults sometimes that we might feel really sad about something like that happening and we are able to kind of process our emotions uh, of course this process as you as you mentioned is going to might take you a lifetime to to proceed your son's um, loss because he was such an amazing and exceptional exceptional child but for children and for grandchildren uh, as I've mentioned in the introduction um, Sayyid Taleh Ahmed uh, Shaheed had two very young infants um, and so how do you, and you yourself, you know, his siblings as well, um, you have your youngest son, I think is 11 years old. So how do you explain martyrdom to children and grandchildren? Um, and has it been challenging as a mother to stay composed for the sake, for the sake of your children and grandchildren? Um. My, my youngest son uh, was 10 when uh, Dale was martyred and he's just turned 11. And Dale's uh, two young children have both turned um, the six and two after his shahadat, uh, mashallah. Mashallah. So um, 
Dale is my eldest son. And as far as my younger children are concerned, I'm the kind of person that's quite expressive about my feelings uh, at home. And so I talk about Dale and I talk about how I feel. And I know that might not be um, suitable for every person, but that's what I am personally like. So it hasn't been um, my personal style to be very, uh, you could say very quiet or um, maybe you could say even private about how I feel. I'm quite expressive. Right. And my younger children have been very, um, they've been nothing but kind and caring in response. And um, wherever my husband and I feel that they need some support, we do try to help them as well, um, uh, as much as we're able. Uh, as far as my grandchildren are concerned, I talk to them as well. And um, I, I have two other grandchildren. One is my grandson from my son, Adil, and I have a granddaughter from my daughter, Nudra. And they're both only one years old. And I mentioned their chacha, uh, chacha mamu, to them also. Um, so, it, yes, I, I do think that it's different for children to actually understand Shahada as, as all or adults, we can, we understand that martyrdom, we understand the, the emotions behind the martyrdom, we, we understand the feelings, we understand uh, that Mashallah Dale was a very sincere and devoted servant of um, Khilafat Amdiya. He was very dedicated to his work. We know that he was very happy uh, working for um, Muslim television Amdiya, that he was very inspired by um, anything to do with the life of Hazrat Khalif Tulmasi al-Khamis. And so he was there. And um, the, in, the, in the last few days, the last day of his life, he was sending us photographs and videos and WhatsApp messages and saying, I'm at Hazur's house in Ghana, mm -hmm. uh, where Hazur um, lived where, during his, his life uh, there as a devotee. And he was sending us photographs of the school that Hazul worked in, and um, you could see the happiness, the, the 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 inner sort of happiness on his face, mashallah. So it's different for adults because we we know all of that background, and it's different for children. Right, right. Uh, and my own way is to um, just keep talking about him, so that if there comes a point where one of the children, whoever that may be, wants to ask me something about Dale, they don't feel that they can't speak about him. So, right. so that's my own way. I, I, right. I, can't, I can't say it's perfect, but that's the way that I am. But you, do you think it's, it's important to exteriorize your feelings after such an incident? I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning this because um, we know that, um, you know, Dale's wife also, she lost her father and he was also a, a martyr. And uh, it's been very difficult for her as well. We, we've seen in the documentaries emerging um, of Dale, Dale's life as well, that for his wife, uh, she was very young when she lost her father. And, uh, and so her own mother, which was Dale's um, mother-in-law, told her that she was, you know, looking for her dad, that she would call Baba. And that, you know, her mother said to her that Allah tera Baba, meaning that God is not your father. So how do you, do you think that it's important for your grandchildren in particular, you know, the youngest is two, um, my little one is two. So I, I feel that it's, it's something that gives you a lot of grief for them as well, the sense of loss that they have because they can't fully grasp it, as you've mentioned. So how important do you think it's, it's to exteriorize these kind of feelings without sort of um, um, making them, you know, even more, um, without making it difficult for them? Do you sort of express these things in a very light mood or do you show them pictures of Tale when he was as happier as you mentioned? Um, how how do you um, sort of explain this to very young infant in a way that is not too brutal for them? 
in my own home, my, my grandchildren um, have been visiting a little bit. The youngest one has only visited uh, once because we live about an hour away from Bale's home. And um, I have put up plenty of photographs of Bale um, because that made me happy to do so. Right. And um, some of them are with the, his children and some of them are with other members of the family. Right. And um, sometimes I count the photographs, you know, I have counted them with my grandson and said, oh, how many photographs have I got of <laughs> Europa up here now, you know, and there's, a, there's a, other people in photographs as well. So I'm one of those people that tends to have photos up, I, I think. Um, so uh, that is the way that I uh, am sort of um, approaching talking to, to them, that I talk as I, as I feel. Right. But I wouldn't say anything if I, if I felt that anybody was getting upset or um, they, they didn't like it, then I wouldn't uh, do that. On the other hand, I do think children by Allah Ta'ala, you know, is very merciful. And I think Allah Ta'ala is all knowing and he's made children um, very resilient, as, as they say. And so children uh, are given coping, coping me mechanisms by Allah Ta'ala himself. And for example, one of the coping mechanisms that I think Allah Ta'ala gives them is that because they have so much less control, um, over what's happening around them than say an adult does, he allows them to um, learn and become engaged through play and spend time playing uh, mm. and learning because that's, I think that's the way Allah Ta'ala has made uh, us as humans. So that in, in childhood, we do a lot of learning through play. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I just uh, feel that that's another way of Allah Ta'ala's mercy on children is that they can um, become engaged in other things and so um, perhaps we as adults find that harder sometimes to get engaged in something else when something um, like this happens so you know alhamdulillah we are all um, very grateful to Allah for you know his blessings and his mercy and um uh, Marshall, I think we're all doing, you know, um, the best we, we, we can. The best we can, yes, of course. And how, how would you say um, that his martyrdom has impacted you um, or Tali's close family members emotionally, um, spiritually, most importantly? Um, has it changed your perception of life, your relationship with God? Did, did any sort of, has it has a huge impact on your spirituality? Well, for myself, I'd say that it's made me think much more about my belief in the unseen. Uh, as mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, that people who um, believe in Allah, they believe in the unseen. And this is something that you really do have to think about. Um, under these kind of circumstances for anybody who loses a loved one. And so um, for me, it's made the, the next life much more apparent um, by the grace of Allah. Right. Um, I think that Tale himself and um, perhaps his respective wife as well, my daughter-in-law, um, saw some dreams that pointed uh, that his martyrdom would have a link or a similarity to his father-in-law's. Right. Um, his father-in-law, uh, Mirza Ghulam Qadir Shaheed Sahib, um, his, uh, there, there was a revelation uh, given to the promised Messiah al-Islam about him, uh, that he would be a person full of blessings and noor or light. So Ghulam Qadir Aage Ghar Noor or Barkat Se Bargya Raddallahu Aliyah that means that Ulam Qadr came and the house became filled with light and blessing. And Allah sent him back to me is the Arabic translation. And um, so if we sort of consider that, take that into consideration that according to perhaps some dreams, there was a similarity in some ways of Allah's martyrdom with his father-in-laws. Then there, there is one thing that I would personally testify to is that as soon as he came, into our lives, 
our home was full of blessings and light. Um, so in his martyrdom too, I would say that, you know, um, everything about Dale always, um, by the grace of Allah, led to blessings and light. And may Allah Dala continue this for us now that he's no longer with us, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, but um, so, yeah, I think that his martyrdom has brought me a feeling of, um, or a more of a realization of the next life. And you have to think about it more. And what I have noticed is that many people within our own family or even people that we don't know very well uh, have told us dreams about Dale uh, mm -hmm. since, his, since his shahadat. And um, the things that come out in the dreams is it's the same Dale that we knew. And it, it sort of, the, the dreams reflect his personality. And so a sort of realization comes upon you that actually in a, when we go to the next world, we are still exactly the same people um, as known here. Obviously, uh, there's some aspects of the next world that we can't see and we don't understand. But this is something that has become more apparent to me um, that you know, Tala is still Tala. Allah Tala has taken him to himself. Right. Tala is still Tala. Um, and um, as far as spirituality is concerned, I think that, yes, of course, you focus uh, on your Salat and your emotions are more, um, you're more emotional. And uh, it's natural that you turn to Allah at such times and you pray. And um, I hope that uh, inshallah Allah will accept our prayers and continue to love after, look after us the way he always has done. Inshallah. I mean, I hope that for you too. And I pray for that for, that for you and your family as well. Um, what was what was he like as a child? Um, there's this, you know, there's some mothers who have a sort of instinct about a child. Uh, they, they can see dreams or, or they just have a feeling that, you know, this child is going to be something, he's, he's special. So did any of that happen to you regarding um, Tale? Did you feel at one point from his birth or before his birth that you are going to have, or this child is, is just special in his own way? Um, Tale is, I, I say is, because he always is going to be my first and eldest ch child. Um, so uh, the thing is when, with your first child, you don't know any different. Right. And so um, you accept whatever that child is like as your, your normal. So Alhamdulillah, Tale was always very uh, special in certain ways. And I'll explain some of that in a, in a minute. But um, just a few days before he was born um, and um, in his Friday sermon uh, after Tale's shahadat, uh, Tale's funeral, Azad Khalifa al Khamis also mentioned um, this dream. My mother, uh, Tale was actually born in Pakistan. So I got married. I, I was from the UK and I got married and I uh, began living in Pakistan. And um, Tale was born in Lahore. My mother rang me from Aarikul. And um, just a few days before he was born, she said, oh, he'll be born in, you know, this week. And I've had this dream and I've seen a baby in a cradle with his hands outstretched saying, "Assalamu alaikum" very clearly. And I've also seen a card. It's going to be a boy. It's a blue card. And it has the words Allah written in English and also written in Arabic. Right. So um, from that dream, I, I did uh, uh, feel very happy and blessed that inshallah it would be somebody, my, my, my child would be somebody that was, uh, you know, obviously very wise and speaking words of wisdom from a young age and who would spread peace and who would have a deep connection with Allah the Almighty. Um, and it's interesting that, that, you know, on the card it was, written the word God in English and the word Allah in Arabic, because uh, one of the things that I've begun recording um, in 
some articles in the Al-Hakam newspaper, is how much effort Dale made to learn uh, the language of Arabic to the best of his ability. Right. Uh, because he was very, very, uh, you could say he's sort of in love with the Holy Quran and he just wanted to, to understand it as much as possible. Right. Um, so it's really, it's, it's, it's interesting that when you, you know, now look back at the dream, you can see that it was fulfilled very clearly in more than one way, mashallah. But, um, you know, Dale to me was a, a blessing from day one. He was really intelligent. He grew fast. He was tall and strong. He was really loving and loyal as a son. Mashallah, that was, these are two traits that, you know, stood out, that he was very, very loyal and loving. Um, he loved to hear stories when he was little. And his aunts reminded me how he would want to hear a story about everything after his shahadat. Uh, a couple of different aunt, aunts uh, reminded me of this. So um, after he was born, we actually moved to Abu Dhabi for five years uh, before coming back to the UK and the rest of the time we've lived in the UK. But um, one time his uh, aunt was visiting us in Abu Dhabi and the shops there are called souks. And so right. his aunt uh, went to the souk and when she came back, he said, uh, where have you been? And she said, I went to the souk. And he said, tell me the story of the souk, Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he had this interest. Um, and my, another auntie said, you know, he would ask for so many stories that I would get tired of telling him <laughs> stories. So this interest in storytelling. And later on, he developed a lovely ability to write poetry and prose. Uh, mashallah. Yes, mashallah. Very uh, good. Yeah, and he, he had a deeply inspired love for learning everything relating to Allah and Allah's teaching. And, um, you know, this all culminated in making uh, documentaries for MTA News um, at this point in his life. Mashallah. So yeah. uh, uh, an interesting uh, you know, an, another interesting fact is uh, the Review of Religions magazine actually is serializing one of his um, articles written about Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad, and actually the last documentary that he made was um, released on MTA a few weeks back. Um, and one of the things that we learn about Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad, who was the second son of uh, the Promised Messiah, Islam, and Hazrat Nusrat Jahan Begum, was that um, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad was also a really great storyteller. And, um, uh, you know, this is something that is, you know, quite uh, interesting to know because Dale was um, one of the great grandsons of Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad. So um, definitely, as MDs, we are so fortunate that we have followed the Imam of the age, the promised Messiah Islam, and so we have the guidance of Khilafat. So whilst Ali was growing up, um, one of the things that I learned from Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the fourth at the time was his guidance that um, we should tell our children stories about the prophets. Right. Um, and stories which are actually in reality incidents or events told in the Holy Quran. And um, after Dale Shahadat, my daughter-in-law sent me a, an email from Dale recording something that I would say is a bit of a spiritual milestone, you could say, developmental milestone, right. um, which he has mentioned to her. And what he said was that when he was three years old, I used to tell him um, bedtime stories about the life of the Holy Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he began to fall deeply in love with the Holy Prophet and that the Holy Prophet became his hero. And a while later, perhaps a year or two later, one day as he was going to school, he suddenly realized in one of these conversations that we must have been having that the Holy Prophet was no longer with us. So you see, in the mind of this three-year-old, the Holy Prophet was, you know, as real as, as if he was there in front of him. Oh. And yeah, and he, he <laughs> described that um, 
when he found this out, he was really, you know, he said, I'm I felt fear and I felt scared and I felt sad. And then he turned around and asked that, um, is Hazur still alive? Right. And, I, and the answer was yes. And then he said, well, I was really, you know, happy that at least one of my heroes is still alive. Oh, mashallah, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. And um, what I realized when, you know, I, I, I read this email that look, you know, at, at that young age, uh, Alhamdulillah, he had made that link that um, the Holy Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, obviously he is our beloved master and um, he's just you know, a mercy for mankind. And, um, but today in this age, Allah Ta'ala sent the promised Messiah Islam, to, you know, remind us and bring us closer to the Holy Prophet And after the promised Messiah Islam, it is the Khilafat of Ahmadiyyah that links us or teaches us the things that the Holy Prophet taught. Yes. And so I just think that that was, you know, mashallah, really uh, um, something, a real blessing of Allah on him, that he could sort of make that link. All right. Um, so I think he, he, as a child, he tried his best, you know, whenever he understood something that the Holy Prophet ﷺ had taught, he would try and follow it. So... Uh, don't get me wrong. He was just a normal child. He did, uh, you know, he, he was very hyperactive. He was always running around. He was falling off walls. He was, you know, getting injured and doing all the kinds of things that children do. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I can still remember once, um, you know, I was at the kitchen sink and he asked me for a glass of water. He was probably about six or seven. And, mm -hmm. you know, he said his bismillah. He, he drank some of the water. He stopped, took a breath. Then he drank some more took a breath. And uh, the reason he did it was because he knew that that is how the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had, um, you know, um, taught or guided that that was the best way to drink water. Right, mashallah. Right. That's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, it's when you, when you think about three years old nowadays, you, do, you don't get that picture. It's, it's true that um, many children are, are quite hyper at the time. They, they're more interested in playing and they can't really focus much. But he had that, you know, that spiritual um, sensitivity, you can say, at a very young age. And um, it's really inspiring for us, us mothers as well, of, of very young children to sort of, if we can try to do that as well, it's, it's really important to convey these things at a very young age because their minds are very um, active at this age and you, you know, they're developing and that's how we can convey the best manners and teachings as we can. Um, how do you, how did you, uh, like from your personal exam experience as a mother, convey those stories um, of prophets to, and maybe to your other children, I'm sure you've done it as well for them. How did you convey that? Because sometimes what we see is that a child is not very focused uh, at this age. For example, you can read or you can tell them bedtime stories, but their attention will be very limited. Uh, like they, they would be very interested for maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And after that, they would just want to you know, talk about something else or they would just mention something else. So how do you um, sort of tell a child uh, what aspect maybe of the life of the Holy Prophet should we or can we um, tell our little ones uh, what aspect of the life of the Holy Prophet so that they can connect and they can be engaged in that, um, in that story? I'd say that it's very normal for children to not be able to concentrate for too long at the age of around three. Um, Tale himself, he was, mashallah, very uh, intelligent. But I realized as he grew up and he grew older and older and obviously, mashallah, now he'd reached the age of 31. I realized over the years that um, Allah Ta'ala really had blessed him with a special ability in matters of religion and deen, you know, and um, so he was good at all his subjects at school. 
Right. But I could see that his real talent, his real interest lay in, um, you know, uh, anything to do with the teachings that Allah Ta'ala had sent, that that was his area of interest. So I would um, say that, you know, you can, I'm sure that even I probably was teaching him little stories that did not, you know, they didn't last for necessarily a really long time. Perhaps one incident of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu's, you know, childhood, you know, you can tell that to a child um, quite briefly within, a, you know, 10 minutes or as long as they are interested. Um, I'd also say that many mothers, I, I personally felt that I had a very good sort of friendship with, with Dale, even when he was little and as, as he grew up. So he felt like a friend and with your friends, you can, you know, you can gauge their interest and you can develop an interest and you can, um, you can influence children to some extent. Uh, But definitely uh, you can choose a short uh, incident and, you know, if that is all that they are able to take in one go, then that's absolutely fine. You know, each child is is different. And um, but I think it's very easy with the life of the Holy Prophet, um, because there are so many incidents where he is uh, perhaps kind to a child or helping a child so you know children are often or it was when he was a child himself all right and i think children you know they they uh, are attracted to stories of other children and so i think that you know when they're quite young it's quite easy it, it wasn't a hard thing to do um especially with somebody like Dale that has had an interest in these things um the other thing that i uh, related once in fact it was last year I wrote an article about my parents. And um, so this was a, a year ago. And I just happened to relate in it. Um, it was actually quite a moving incident in, incident at the uh, end of my father's life. Dale was about 10 years old at the time. Right. And he um, called him. And I remember it was the winter days. So my father was sitting near the fire in an armchair. And he called him and he said, let me tell you uh, the story or the events of the life of Hazrat Yusuf al-Islam. Right. And so then my father, with tears streaming down his face, read the Surah uh, Surah Yusuf and um, related the whole story of the life of Hazrat Yusuf al-Islam. And my Tale um, sat with him uh, listening. And um, it's sort of imprinted in my mind. So sometimes it's not just um, the parents that can sort of um, relate these wonderful, uh, you know, examples that we have in the Holy Quran. Sometimes it can be, you know, other elders as well that have that influence. And um, the reason I know that that incident also particularly inspired Tale, although we would you know, you would assume that it would have anyway, is that um, his sister has told me that, you know, two or three years ago, one day she was in his house mm-hmm. and he called, Dale called her and other members of his family and said, let me relate to you the story of Hazrat Yusuf al-Islam. Oh, wow. And then he very emotionally read the surah and read the translation and explain what had happened in that story. Right. So you can tell it was really imprinted in his mind. It that, was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I only found out about that after, I think, or I only was reminded of it after I had I had written that in that, that article. Um, so you see, what we do as elders, whether it is as ourselves or whether it is other members of the family, uh, grandparents, etc can have a huge impact on children. All right, mashallah. That's, these are really good examples. Um, so so where are you? These are obviously his very early childhood years. Um, so when he grew up to be a teenager, that's the age where most mothers are dreading, you know, teenage and 
so on, so on after what happens when you just go to um, high school and then university and all that. And so the experiences that um, students have are quite similar. Um, we are Ahmadi Muslims going outside in a, in, a, in a social atmosphere that is quite contrary to the values that we might have, sometimes they clash, you know, are the values that we teach children at home, whether spiritual, sometimes they clash with the values that are there outside. Um, and so everybody is, of, of course, it's everyone's own personal journey. We all experience some spiritual ups and downs, and sometimes it's quite hard to make uh, both work together. Um, have you, were you ever worried about Tale's spiritual state at some point in his life? Or would you say that he was always spiritually very aware? Um, and if not, was there a specific turning point in his life that led him to be more inclined towards religion and, uh, you know, Khilafat Ahmadiyya and to be very, very attached to the Jamaat. How would you say, I mean, we understand like from, from your accounts that he was from the very early days quite attached and quite spiritually aware, but, you know, as you grow up, you, you tend to change as well. And so has, has, do you recall any specific turning point in his life or any specific event that just made him a stronger believer? Well, um, I'm just a, you know, obviously a normal mother, like any other mother. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think we always worry. We're, we're always thinking um, at, at all different stages, are we doing the right thing? Um, is, is our child... Uh, you know, understanding, you know? understanding what, yeah, how, is he understanding, he or she understanding what we're, you know, the, the, the guidance that, that we are giving or, you know, um, but I, I would say that my worries for Thale were not based on his spiritual state at all, <laughs> um, because I'm very aware and very sure that it was Allah the Almighty that himself looked after Thale's spiritual state. And especially once he got a bit older and he came under the loving and caring guidance of Hazrat Khalif al-Masih the fifth, Ayyadullah Thale bin Asr al-Aziz. Right. Um, at that age of around 1920, he had uh, left home. We were living in Hartlepool and he'd gone to London for university. Right. But he didn't like his degree that much. And so he went to Hazur and requested permission because he was a Bukfinor and he requested permission uh, that can I have a, a year out? Um, so I think maybe in his, what would have been his third year, he took a, a year out with Hazur's permission. Um, Hazur gave him a lot of love and attention at that time. And he encouraged him to stay near the mosque. And I think he, Hazur, you know, encouraged him to stay in one of the, the guest houses. And um, he also guided him that he should read the five volume commentary of the Holy Quran. Right. And at the same time, um, he gave him some work to uh, volunteer at the Re Review of Religions magazine, uh, mashallah. And this was a huge blessing on Dale. Um, there's no doubt about it. And I didn't really have any worries once he was under the care of Hazrat Khalifa Tulmasi the fifth, Ayyadullah bin Asr Aziz, about his spiritual state, because anyone who has had that good fortune to have uh, some loving guidance of Hazur will know just how much, you know, your heart becomes at ease and at peace. And, you know, the connection with Khilafat becomes so strong. Um, so in this time, he was working for the Review of Religions team under Amr Safir Sahib. Right. Uh, who also, you know, was a, a really good friend and mentor of his. Right. And um, the work that he was given was to index all the, all the, the magazines for decades and create an index of subject areas. And he did 
he did that and he formed a team and I actually worked on his Lejna side as sort of the Lejna head so that I could look after any ladies that were working in the team. Uh-huh. And he would cross-reference. Basically, he made a subject area. And, and obviously, uh, the Review of Religions magazine is over 100 years old. So you can imagine that there are so many topics that have been covered right. uh, in that time. And so he made a detailed topic list. And basically, the job would be to read every single Review of Religions magazine between the team. It was shared out between the team, not just himself. And then to cross-reference every single topic. So if, for example, the topic happened to be the Holy Prophet, you would read an article um, and find any reference to the Holy Prophet, and it would be tagged, or oh, this article has something about the Holy Prophet. But at the same time, if it had anything to do with astronomy, you know, or um, famous personalities, whether they're um, religious or, or, or worldly, anything um, was, was tagged. And so um, this was a great blessing to all of us that were participating in this. And that's what I mean about um, the link with that prophecy, that the house was filled with blessings and nur, you know, because it was things like this that Tale introduced us to, you know. So then myself and one or two other members of the family were working on this along with other people. And these skills then stood him in good stead. And um, I'm sure that he gained great blessings from doing this service. Um, I'm, and I'm sure that he gained great skills in studying and research and a lot of knowledge about MBA literature. And um, later on, a few years ago, about six years ago, he um, actually worked on a project where it was um, producing a, a free encyclopedia on Islam and and it's called Wiki Ahmadiyya. Wiki Ahmadiyya. Yeah, yeah, and it's absolutely full of lots and lots of um, uh, materials from Jamaat literature uh, that anybody can access and anybody can use. So um, the main turning point in his life was uh, definitely the time when he was able to come under the care and guidance. After that, obviously, he began his but. So he became he became a life devotee in 2013, and so then from then onwards he was in London and he was close to Hazul. All right. So you would say it's really important. The main the main thing was that he was really close to the Khilafat Ahmadiyya and Hazur as um, as a guiding you know force for his in his life. You would say that this was yes quite yes ab ab absolutely and. Um, the, this is definitely um, a huge blessing that anybody can access. I know not everybody can live in London and not everybody can um, necessarily um, meet Azur. Uh, if, if you're not living in London, you can't, you can't do it. And if you're living in other countries, especially with um, COVID, but we have been given those blessings where in which we can immerse ourselves and we can immerse our children. So for example, the blessing of MTA now, is such that anyone can access it and anyone can receive guidance from Hazur equally. Um, and there are many, many programs that are now being developed, uh, mashallah, for the benefit of children. So, um, you know, I think you, you mentioned to me at one point about, is it different bringing up children today in this digital day and age to what it was um, tw you know, 20 years ago when Dale was growing up? And, Yes, it is, but there was still television at that time. The internet was around at that time. And so it, it all started even then. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, our own, um, you know, the, these resources that the Jamaat is, is able to provide to people through MTA, through, uh, you know, online resources in the Review of Religions, this podcast even, you know, um, there's so many things that we can also benefit from that um, we should, you know, do our best to, to use those facilities as well. Of course, of course. Now, you're very right in mentioning that. And I think um, 
whenever we talk about his martyrdom, um, say Tale, it's it's always something we we always say. Oh, he was he's so lucky that you know Hazur has prepared a whole khutbah on him and he has mentioned him and um, even Hazur has graciously you know took his grave and he was buried. Um, and he was there all along, you know, as I was watching this on, on MTA, I was completely in awe and, you know, tears falling off my cheek. But I think, um, and Roger, I don't know if you agree with me on this, um, we have, we don't really think of, um, like, that's not the first th- thought that you have when you think of um, Tale, that he was, of course, very special from the beginning. You've you know, people have seen dreams about him. So he was intelligent from the beginning and he was quite bright and religiously aware, spiritually um, sensitive. Uh, but he also made a lot of efforts. And that's something that we need to bear in mind. Um, us, whether we're grown up, you know, women, men, um, children of our community, we need to see more of that of it, more of that aspect of his personality, that he made a lot of efforts. He was also, he was the one who actually said that, you know, Hazur was giving a guidance to Angurabi that, you know, you should at least perform your tahajjud. And he was the one actually acting upon it and saying, I'm trying to do that as well. I'm trying to do that for myself. So he didn't take any guidance of um, Khalifatul Masih for not for himself. He thought that everything that the Khalifa Tumasi is saying, whether he's addressing Murabis, whether he, he's addressing Vakf children, was for him. And I think that's something that is um, amazing about Tal, uh, that is inspiring about him, that we need to remember that we can be, you know, Vakf, we can be um, very spiritually aware we we can come from a, a family background that is very spiritually aware but unless we do not make those efforts for ourselves uh, unless we do not create that special and unique connect with god ourselves maybe we cannot attain that that level and by doing this by making these efforts he has inspired so many so so many um and would you like to tell us more about how he was striving to become, you know, that that person, that that um, an abundant servant of the Khilafat Ahmadiyya? Because I think it's really important to convey that to to people today, to the youth of today, how Tale was an amazing person, uh, even in his in dealing with his personal relationships. He was a human being like us, so he I'm sure he had his own worries, he had his own low moments, but the fact that he had that um, guiding force, that was Khilafat Ahmadiyyat. It was at the center, the focus of his life, uh, and the fact that he would make so much effort to obey and to obey to the to Khalifat al-Masih um, was something that has propels him to that to that status? I feel that Allah Ta'ala, you know, God Almighty is very, very kind to, you know, humanity. And he sends guidance for us from time to time. And he, we are very fortunate that he sent us the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in this day and age, then he sent the reformer of the age. Uh, who was a devotee, an ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu So, you know, the promised Messiah did nothing but follow the teachings and was completely submissive to the teachings of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu And now um, his successors give us um, such beautiful and wonderful guidance. Um, regularly every friday you know hazur will give us guidance and there is every kind of guidance available we are very fortunate as md ladies that there is so much guidance available for us as women um, and our organization as legina as well um, it gives us you know lots and lots of guidance about how to bring up children and um, it gives us a lot of support and we sometimes we don't even realize this um, so Tale, mashallah, benefited from being a, a vakfeno, 
And um, again, another blessing that Hazrat Khalifa Masih IV set up the scheme whereby people could pledge their children with the intention that inshallah, they will serve their faith when they grow up. And then not only that, he, um, the, the, the community, uh, the Jamaat then set up systems whereby there could be some extra, you know, you could say training for those Vakfinino. And then those uh, Vakfinino are able to participate in their, you know, competitions or other training um, efforts. And then when they grow up or when they grew up, in the case of Dale, they were able to then devote their lives and begin their service. And this is all the blessings of Islam, Ahmadiyyat, you know, um, without this, we no, none of this would be happening. And so um, he, he was very fortunate that that is the way Allah Ta'ala helped him. And there will be many, many others that will recognize these blessings that I'm talking about. Um, and every now and again, you know, um, Allah Ta'ala makes it apparent that what blessings he is giving people. But there'll be many people that will have very similar blessings. It doesn't necessarily happen that every single time it becomes apparent. All right. So Tale, um, I've been writing some articles on Al-Hakam. He, um, from, you know, the age of about 2021, was very interested in any kind of, you know, allegations that could possibly be made against the religion of Islam or Ahmadiyyat and finding out what the answers were. So he was very interested in, in researching. And um, that is how um, his, his research and his study and his uh, efforts online culminated in, 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 or one way it culminated was this Wiki Ahmadiyya, sort of an encyclopedia, um, as a part of a project for his work in the Press Ahmadiyya, uh, International Press and Media Department which is where he actually served as his book. So yes, he um, made a lot of effort to increase his knowledge. In fact, I found out things after his shahada, which I did not know. Uh, one of the things uh, I found out was that he'd watched every single program of Al-Tartil, which is uh, a program on MTA, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya, which is about how to read Arabic so that you can read the Holy Quran correctly. Right. And there's 55 episodes of this, and he has made notes as well, you know, topic-wise. Um, right. Then he um, would study with a neighbor of his who was a, um, a convert to Ahmadiyyat, uh, Ibrahim Ikhlif Saab. And he would study various books of Ahmadiyyat and look at allegations against uh, perhaps Ahmadiyyat or Islam and study and find the answers to them. And he did that for, for a few years with him, you know. Um, he also tried to improve his Arabic um, pronunciation and reading. And we noticed that we, you know, as a family noticed that he would try and pronounce and speak any Arabic words in the proper, in the proper way, you know, rather than the way, say, a Pakistani or, you know, somebody right. else would. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also, uh, mashallah, was, he, he was a descendant uh, of the... Uh, family of the Holy Prophet so he came from a Sayyid family, um, a descendant of Hazrat Mir Nasr Nawal, um, the Hazrat Ammajan's father. So Hazrat Ammajan, Hazrat uh, Jahan Begum had two younger brothers and right. Tale was, uh, Tale's great-grandfather was a Dr. Mir Muhammad Ismail, Razila Talanho. Um, and um, on the other side, on his, his, his daddy's side, his grandmother's side, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the promised Messiah, son. So these things uh, influenced him. And he, um, I think he learned or he had the, some of these um, inspirations of that, you know, being, trying to become very regular in the Hajjad, trying to learn as much as possible about the Holy Quran and Hadith. Uh, fasting regularly as well. Um, so, you know, as, again, it, it all comes down to, you know, um, the blessings of Khilafat, that, you know, Hazur would guide us, that 
you know, uh, the whole Jamaat should do a uh, voluntary fast, fast on Thursdays. Right. Um, so some people do them on Mondays and Thursdays. And then Tale would, you know, to my knowledge, would join in whatever he would hear. So as you mentioned, when he heard that Hazu was advising Murabi missionaries, Murabis that, um, you know, you should be doing one hour of the Hajjad, he tried to do it. He would try and follow whatever he heard from Hazu, he would try and follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so mashallah, yes, you're right. He did, he did work very hard. Uh, he loved Hazur. Um, and we knew he loved Hazur, but I didn't realize how much until, you know, his martyrdom. My daughter-in-law, my respected daughter-in-law had mentioned to me that she's found a document, a 40-page document that he has just written about any references or any incidents relating to Hazur that he, you know, he's noted them down. He's noted where he heard them or he saw them or, you know, where he, he, he learned that information. So he absolutely loved Hazur. And, um, you know, we, we know now that his last words were, you know, um, I love Hazur. I love Hazur. Mashallah. Yeah. So, so in, in terms of, I, I, I don't want to say advice, but that's, that's what many young mothers who are, I can assure you that many young mothers today are very inspired by this young boy. Um, and they, are looking up to him as um, as a role model, as a spiritual role model for their own children, uh, in terms of um, in terms of the the moral development of their children, how to how to make them you know more obedient and more to develop a love of love uh, like Tali had, uh, which was immense and which was completely very very inspiring. So, is there any advice? Of course, I know you don't. You wouldn't like the term advice, but is there something that you could suggest to uh, maybe young mothers like me, um, who would happily take any advice from 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 you uh, about what should we maybe focus on when we're raising our children to make them uh, spiritually sensitive and aware? The the answers I think are already there in uh, mashallah the discussions we've had. I think that um, prayer is the the uh, an extremely powerful thing, and uh, when you pray for your children, there are many Quranic prayers. There are prayers that the Holy Prophet sallallahu has taught. We can you know access all of them. And remember that Allah and Allah Ta'ala is listening. So whatever we're praying, he is listening. He's always there. So any any difficulties, any guidance, anything we may need, we can seek from Allah Ta'ala himself. Remember, we must, you know, try and remember his blessings. And, you know, he has given us this great blessing that he has sent guidance in this time. And uh, so strengthen our own link with Hazur, with, with the Khalifa, um, you know, regularly request him for prayers and right. encourage our children in the same way. Right. Taiba Saiba, when you talk about such people like Tali, who um, Hazur has described them as diamonds, it's very, you can, you can, you know, keep talking for hours and hours about them without feeling a single done moment in the conversation. At least that's how I felt uh, with this podcast with you. I've been very, very pleased and very inspired to speak to you, to listen about, uh, to listen to what uh, Tale was like. Uh, And I learned a lot of new things um, along the conversation. Um, We can only pray that uh, Allah accepts his sacrifice, Allah accepts his shahadat, Allah accepts him in his paradise and uh, may he, you know, um, meets all the loved ones, all his loved ones um, and may all his spiritual endeavors that he has done in this life are accomplished in his next life. I mean, and um, what I would like to 
end this conversation with is that is with a prayer, a heartfelt prayer, that may mothers like us who are um, raising young children um, raise boys like Tali who are so devoted to Khilafat Ahmadiyya and who are so devoted to um, the cause of Islam and Ahmadiyya uh, that our elders have, you know, struggled so much to. Um, we, we, when we mentioned the Holy Prophet, you know, we see how the sacrifice that he has made in his life to, for us to attain the spiritual comfort that we have right now in our lives is, um, is absolutely inspiring. And may we never take this for granted. I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, Taiba Saiba, I know it's very difficult for a mother to speak about her son, uh, whom you have lost uh, quite recently. So from on behalf of our listener and on the whole women's section uh, of the Review of Religion, we are thankful to you. And um, we would like to end this conversation by just sending more and more prayers and blessings to you and may Allah grant you the patience and may Allah um, bless your children with the same spiritual um, endeavors as Tali. Uh, inshallah and Ameen. It's been a pleasure having you on this on this podcast. Ameen to all the lovely prayers uh, for everyone. Jazakallah so much for inviting me. And yes, um, please do continue to pray for us. Thank you so much. Inshallah. With these um, amazing prayers, we would like to end this podcast and we hope as listeners that you enjoyed this conversation and you got inspired by this conversation as much as we did Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.